was, um, it was told, my, sec my first language is actually Spanish, so if you hear me stuttering, like, forgive me. Uh, when I, sometimes I don't make a lot of sense. Um, but something that I've learned is that it's really easier to give our attention whenever we find uh, something in common with someone that is speaking. So since I'll be speaking to all of us, I, I really want you to know me first. I really want you to know my story. Um, so you can see like what I'm going to teach you, uh, what, I, what I've learned. Like it, it really is uh, really important to me. And, you know, we need to hear something. So I, I, really, I really wish that what we're going to cover today that I would have uh, heard when I was your age. I just turned 23 two days ago. So I, I think I can say, you know, when I was your age. Um, <laughs> okay, so I was born in Guatemala. Do you know where that is? Raise your hand if you know where that is. Okay, where, where is it? So, yeah, yeah, so it's in South America from here, Central America. Um, so, you know, I was raised to a good family. My, my, my parents are very loving, and they raised me with, you know, Christian values. Um, that's the best way I can put it. I remember going to church since I was a kid. That was, like, the thing we did every Sunday, you know. Um, I remember clapping my hands as we sang worship songs. Something that I truly love, something that really gets me going, is like whenever we sing here and we clap our hands, this is, that's what I grew up in. That was an instrument of music for us, our, our hands. I remember my mom teaching me how to pray Psalm 4-8. Uh, if, if you're ever scared at night, uh, just go to Psalm 4-8 on your Bible. That was when my mom taught me how to pray. Uh, I was very scared of the dark. Um, overall, my parents, uh, they taught me that, that there was a God, right? And we prayed to Him, and that's what I did every night. So at an early age, I really came to the conclusion that there was a God. Like that, that to me was like a no-brainer. There is a God, and I can pray to Him. But my family was and still, like they're not perfect. I remember my parents fighting. I remember hearing screaming at my house. And, you know, that caused me to be all tense. Um, so that, that, that was my early, like, stories, my early uh, memories. Uh, I remember hearing my mom crying and my brother next to me. That's like one of the big, like one of those like old memories that I have. And yeah, I was I was clueless about everything that was happening. Um, it was at like this phase of my life that I became like a teenager when I was a very early kid. Um, throughout, you know, my parents' issues, my mom would take me on the weekends to spend uh, the weekends with my grandma. Uh, and she had tenants in her house, and there I met somebody that was a Christian. And, you know, her name was Rosa. That's Rose. And she became Sister Rose to me, and she was so nice. And she took me to church, and I loved it. Guys, I loved it. I loved, I loved the idea of knowing God. I, I loved the idea of singing to Him. I, and the people were really nice in this church. And, and there I, 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 you know, self-titled myself a Christian, you know, per se. And as I reflect back, I, I really was very confused um, when it came to the Bible, like how it all fit together. Just think about it, right? It's a huge book. Like how does it all fit? How does it all make sense? And it's doctrine. And that is to say, like, what does it all mean and why? So that's, that's, my, that's my story of what happened to me in Guatemala. So, you know, me uh, growing up, my role model while growing up was my older brother, Christian. He actually goes to church here. Um, so I really want him to hear this. Um, I love him. Uh, you know, we were seven years apart. And you see, I had no, like, I had, I had no one like Jeff in my life. I had no one like Josh or Hora in my life. 
like people that would guide me to to tell me what I needed to pursue, like what I needed to give my attention to, my heart to, and how I needed to behave at my age. Uh, my dad was very distant in my life in a way, and my brother truly became like my father. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing uh, for good and for bad. <laughs> so my interest uh, on what my older brother was do like became what my older brother was doing, and you know, I behave how I noticed he would behave. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll bring that full circle in a second. So a few years later, my parents moved to Kansas City. One of the questions I always hear is, why Kansas City? Well, they moved to Los Angeles first, and they didn't like the environment there. They didn't like, they didn't like how it was super crowded. There was not a lot of opportunities. So they kind of contacted somebody through Facebook that it was an old friend, and they moved to Kansas City. They loved it. Then they sent for me, <clears throat> and I, I came to middle school, guys. Like, I never finished sixth grade. I was, like, in sixth grade, and then, they, like, they took me to the United States. Like, fun fact, which is, like, gnarly. Um, so I came to middle school, and now it's just so different. I didn't know English. Uh, I didn't know that I had to be in school, like, super early in the morning. I didn't know what a uh, school ID was and that I needed that for my lunch. Um, so it was, like mind-blowing. Uh, so I didn't know how to speak English, so I started to learn it. You know, I, I became an avid reader. That's how I learned to, to read English, uh, which really helped me. And I learned that learning was fun. I was a, Because of everything that was happening in my childhood, I did not like school. I was probably your worst student. Like, whoever like you have as a student, that was probably me. I didn't care about it. All I wanted to do was play soccer. That was my version of basketball. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and... Uh, and because I was all alone, I really started to develop an interest in my faith again. That is like, you know, being a Christian and what that all meant. So I had a book in Spanish, and the, the title of it is A Purpose Driven Life. And I started to read that, and I would take notes. I, was a, like, I, I think I still have all those notes to my parents. I was like, whoa, this is fascinating. But that, fl- that small flame, that, inter- that interest that I had in knowing God, really went away when I entered high school. So coming into here, <clears throat> can I have some water, babe? So coming here, I really, yeah, um, like I really wish I would have, I, I would have, like, some, I had somebody like, like Jeff in my life. Uh, so high school, to those that are going into high school, or to those that are in high school, it was a wild world for me. First, <clears throat> I went to a high school different from the one my middle school friends went to. So I knew nobody. Like, I walked in there, like, I was like, one of those like kids from a movie, like a really like like a teenager movie, you know. I went there like I didn't know anybody. My comic book store was really close to my high school, so that was the only thing I really liked about it. So one time, a few times, I, w- I would walk to my comic book store on Wednesdays to get comic books. Um, <clears throat> so remember the thing that I that I told you that I, re- I learned from my role model that was my brother. Okay, so in high school, because I had a little bit of freedom. The only thing I knew what to do was to chase girls. Like, straight up. I'm going to be really honest. And that's what I focused my entire life into. Like, for the entirety of high school, it was rare when I was a single man. I was always giving myself into relationships. I thought that was what being a man meant. And, uh, yeah, so in my later years of high school, I really started to abandon those Christian values. And in in the ways that I was raised in. 
I knew it was wrong because something in me would question it. Like I, after I would do something, part of me was like, hmm, I would, I was brought back to what my parents had told me, um, which I knew it came from somewhere in the Bible for sure. But when I would proceed, you know, it was it was that good feeling, it was that gratifying feeling, like I ha- that I had no idea that I would be accountable to, um, that accountable for later. And you know, um, guys. As, as you approach years in high school, um, like just a lot of peer pressure, right? Um, so I, you know, I started to drink. Uh, and that was fun because it made me feel cool. And people liked me, you know, when, when I would drink because I was a very reckless man. I was, I was the guy that people liked because I was very dumb. And, you know, my pursuit of girls made me look like a cool dude to my friends. And that kind of became my identity. I was the dude with, like, that would chase girls. And that made me really, it made me look cool. And, and it made me really prideful. But when I graduated, um, I really thought that my life was, like, going so well. Um, I really completely stopped going to church sometimes. And in a way, I can tell you that my life, I thought I had it, I had it all planned out. Like, I could see myself years ahead. So this is where my, my life turns, like, a 180. But, you know, I didn't know Jesus. You know, I had... I had a relationship. I had a scholarship to go to JCCC. So I grew up in the Kansas side. I consider it the best state in the world. And, uh, and I had, you know, the pride because I just had won the Kansas City Science Fair. I was in the news. I was, I, I somehow ended up in a newspaper. So, like, my name was kind of known. And I wanted to be a good scientist. I wanted my name to be on, like, you know, so we have, like, laws of science. I wanted, my name, I wanted my last name to be one of those laws. Like, that was my goal. But, you know, I did things in the liberty that being 18 offered. I completely abandoned what I was told was wrong to do. And after doing those things, my actions would leave me questioning my decisions. So you see how I'm always, like, I'm always doing something bad, and something would always make me think about it. And I was like, what, what is this thing? Why, why, why am I thinking about those things that I already did? Um, but it all felt good. Like, it, every time what kept me going was to, to do bad was that good feeling that that, thing, that bad thing would bring, right? And it all caught up to me when, um, uh, when my identity was taken away, and that was the relationship that I was in. When that was taken away, it, I can tell you, like, being really sincere, I lost all purpose in my life. Um, it sounds very depressing, but it was the most depressing time of my life. I was starting to feel anxious. I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what depression was until uh, that was taken away from me. I had an anxiety attack while I was in college. Uh, it was really, it was, it was the worst day of my life. And I didn't know what to do with those feelings of remorse. I don't know where I started to feel guilty. I didn't know what that was. What I would reflect, I realized that I was not worthy of going to heaven. Like, I came to that conclusion. I had done things I knew God did not like. And, but it was until the 13th of July of 2018 that I learned that even though I still had done a few good things, you know, I, w- I would go to, I would go to um, church here and there, and I would work, and I would tithe. And I'm like, that's good. You know, I, that was my good things. And I learned that even though that was still not qualifying me to go to heaven. I remember, you know, I felt something that, like, I didn't know what it was. Like, it was like, it was like something that was on me, like a burden, like something heavy. And that day I learned that it was sin. I was, com- I was conscious of it that day. Like, it was, it, if you didn't know what it was, like, to me, it was like, what is that feeling I felt? 
that day I learned there was sin. It was my sin that made me feel guilty. And I asked Jesus to forgive me that day. I, I was done living my way. I was done living like by my own rules. So because of that, I, I asked Him to, to be the Lord of my life. And, you know, you're like, okay, what, is, what does that mean? That sounds very Christian. Well, it means that I was going to live how He wanted me to live. So fast forward is a year. You can turn into the... Thank you, man. Fast forward four years. Uh, I now lead a Bible study, which is like a really humbling thing. I just told you all my dirt. Just think about it. And, and somehow God, is, God really wants to use me. Um, and I lead a Bible study, and I love my guys. Um, they're the best dudes I know. Um, and this summer, we're starting the book of First Timothy. And it's one of my favorite books. And, and you see... This book was meant for Timothy. So we have Paul, and Paul was an apostle. He walked with Jesus. And you see, he wrote this for Timothy because he was a young man. So this is for literally, this is for all of us. For all of us. And because this is my favorite book, I really want to tell you that he wrote this book because he wanted Timothy to know how to behave as a young man. I don't know about you, but all of us are here are young. Literally, all of us. So this is a book that has a lot of instructions. And instructions are very easy to read uh, and to follow. So not having guidance in my past makes me want to pay attention to, to, to this book, especially to, Tim, to, to First Timothy and how God would have me to behave. So, you know, let's like read with me uh, First Timothy 1.5 because today we're going to focus on conscious. Like, I don't know, have you heard that word? Like, like oh, I have a good conscience, I have a bad conscience. So let's, let's see what the Bible says about having a, a good conscience. So in, um, in 1 Timothy 1.5, we come to this verse and it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Okay, so the first rule of Bible study is you need context, right? So just like you know the background of my life, context is like the story behind it. What surrounds this, uh, this, this verse? Just like you know the background of my life, which helped you understand who I am. Um, see, a lot of my story led me to this verse, and even my life does. It is a good thing that we understand the context, right? So, um, if you go to the next one. So, the context is this. So, let's read it together. I, I'll, 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 I'll make sure that you understand this. So, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. This is Paul talking to, to, to Timothy. Uh, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mayest charge some that teach no other doctrine. See, there's, there's people that are teaching the wrong things. So Paul is saying, I, I, I told you to stay here, so you teach what is good. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. We see Paul gave a charge that is, an action, like, that is a command to take action, to make sure people are not teaching like, the wrong doctrines. That is, things that are not from the Bible. People are leaving what they had been taught from the church for things that only leave us questioning and not growing to be how God wants us to be, which is we, to grow by faith. So Paul is saying, hey, I, I, I command you to stay here. So in verse 5, we see that the purpose of why Paul gave this charge to Timothy is so we can have a charity of pure heart, that is to love people, of, to have also good conscience, and have a faith unfeigned. That is not to have a faith that's hypocritical. That is to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but your life does not match it. Does not match that, that statement. And what we'll spend our time in today is the study of conscience. Because just like in Bible study, whenever you don't understand something, it's really good to take some time and, under, and, and ask, the, ask the question, 
what does the Bible say about this? And because I don't really speak English, I wanted to understand what this word meant. So that's where we're going to be. So this word is mentioned 31 in the Bible. So you're like, okay, that's cool. You see, I'm a nerd. So when something is, so when somebody tells me it's mentioned 31 times, I've learned that God really uses those, all those mentions to really clarify what that word means and to give you instructions as to how to make sure that word it like, is applied into your life. So throughout this, we need to know what it is. Like, first of all, right? So the uses of this world tell us how to have a good conscience and why we should have a good conscience. So it's going to be very practical. So what is it? How do we have a good conscience? And why it should matter to us to have a good conscience? Does that make sense? So it's very, like, three quick key questions, right? So we're going to go uh, to the first mention. So the first time this word was mentioned is in John 8, 7, and 9. So... I'm a little give you context, right? So let's read with me. So when they continued asking him, that is the Pharisees, that is a group of people that did not like Jesus, um, he lifted up himself and said unto him, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. See, they brought a woman that was caught in adultery. That is like a, a relationship outside of marriage. So they wanted to say, hey, like the, the law says we need to like punish this lady, right? So, Jesus says, hey, like, if you're without a sin, like, okay, you first throw the stone. In verse 9 it says, and then when they heard it, that is the, the words of Jesus, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and a woman standing in the middle. So we see Jesus is teaching when the Pharisees, okay, brought a woman, committed adultery. And according to the Old Testament, that was, was a sin guilty of death. They're wanting to trap Jesus. They're asking him, like, what they should do to her. But it was Jesus that told them to reflect whether they had sin themselves. So, what can we learn from this first time? This is the first time this word is mentioned. So, what can we learn? So, one of the key points is, what is our conscience? Okay, our conscience is what tells us if we are in good or bad standing with God. Well, how, how do I come up with that conclusion? Well, you see... They heard the words of Jesus. Jesus says, reflect on your own life. If you have sin, okay, then you can do, you can punish her. But it says even from like the oldest person to the, like to the youngest, they're conscious. It was, it was that comparison to the word of God that they told them, yeah, I'm not, I have sin in my life. So how does it work? Well, it tells us whether we are in good or bad standing with God. It does so by, but <clears throat> it does so as having the standard as the Word of God. So as we hear the Bible, that is what we're learning today, which is the Word of God. See, God uses our conscience to call us out. Like, you know, when, whenever you're in class, like I used to, I used to talk a lot. So my, my teachers would call me out. They used to be like, hey, you're speaking a lot. Or go to the hallway. <laughs> that, I haven't heard that in a while. Um, um, so, you know, in, 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 in those, that is the feeling of conviction. That is the feeling of feeling guilty, right? Um, as to say, we are guilty of doing something that is contrary to the holiness of God. So, now that we know that, right, what, how, what is conscious, we need to learn, well, how do we have a good conscience? And through that, we need to look at the life of Paul. So, you see, I told you there was mentioned 31 times this word in the Bible. I'm not going to go through all of them. So I'm just going to look at a few of them. 
So, if you use the, the, the life of Paul, see, Paul was an apostle. So, this dude was, this dude walked with Christ, and that's so cool. You see, it was the, it was John 8, what we just read, that really humbled me, because Jesus, instead of making that woman feel guilty, he says, hey, I don't condemn you, just don't sin anymore. He's so gracious, he has been so good to me. Um, so, so, you see, before Paul knew Jesus, he was a sinner just like all of us. Like, just like I was. And still am. But look at what he says about his life moving forward ever since he gave his life to Christ. Ever since he was saved. So, if we read um, Acts 23.1, uh, it's going to be right here. This is, this is a testimony that is a story of Paul. Paul is at trial. Actually, Paul is in court. He's given, like, he's defending himself. Right? So, when... You're defending yourself. You want to say things that are true, right? Like you're literally before the law. So Paul says, earnestly beholding at the council that is looking at everybody in court, right? Said, men and brethren, I have lived a life in all good conscience before God until this day. Whoa. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I can say that. I don't think even ever since I gave my life to Christ that there were moments where I didn't have a good conscience. In Acts 24, 16, it says, And herein, this is Paul, I do exercise myself to always have a good, have a conscious void of offense towards God and towards men. So, Paul lived a life having a good conscience as if he was in the presence of God. You see that word that says before God? So, because I didn't speak English, each word really matters to me. That's why I love the Bible. Because when you study it, it really like unlocks a lot of meaning. So before is saying this, Ken is before me. What does that mean? Well, Ken is right, right, right there with me. So what Paul is saying is that he lived a life as if he's always in front of God, as if God is always right there. So practically, he lived in a way that would not offend God. Like, does, does that make sense? Just think about it, right? Imagine living a life where you know what your dad or mom likes and making sure that you, do not, you don't do things that they don't like. So that's the way Paul lived. Which led, oh man, I just skipped a lot. <laughs> Which led to always have a good conscience towards, to not offend men. Because when you're good with God, you're good with people. So, key point number two, how do we have a good conscience? See, we must acknowledge... That God is always with us. And you're like, well, duh, that's really good. No, like, really. Like, in order to have a good conscience, we need to know that He's with us. See, I wish I knew God was with me, or that He was looking at me whenever I was in high school. That would have changed a lot of things. I would have not, I would have done, I would have changed so many things. And with that, I, I found uh, a psalm, I don't know about you, but psalms are very, it's one of, it's described as the heart of the Bible. And Proverbs is described as like the mind of, of, of the Bible because it has a lot of wisdom, has a lot of practical things that you can do with your life. And I'm a very emotional guy. I like poetry. I like sad songs. Uh, I do. I like chick flicks. I'm going to be honest. Like things that get me emotional, like I like that. I'm that kind of guy. Uh, my, my wife is laughing at me because she knows it's true. I, for me, my best quality time is to watch a chick flick. Like just to feel, oh, the romance and the roses. It's, it's beautiful, right? So we're going to spend some time in Psalm 139 really quickly. Why? Because this is super important. Here, David 
is going to talk to us about what it meant to him knowing that God was always with him. So it says, O Lord, that house searched me and known me, that knowest my downsitting and my uprising, that understandings my thought afar off, that compasses my path and my laying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. God knows everything about David. For there is not a word in my tongue, but O Lord, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. God knows everything he's going to say. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid the hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from that presence? David came to the conclusion, like, there is no place that David can go that God was not going to be there. And, and knowing how to have a good conscience, this is something that we need to have. Even as you're going into high school, and there's going to be a lot of peer pressure. Even if you're already in high school, knowing that God is with you, like that, can like that is good. Um, this can be for our own good if we choose to not offend God. That is to choose knowing that what God doesn't like, and that you're not going to do that, or for our bad. Why? Well, nothing escapes them. We we just read that. There's not a place where God is not. So. Like, he knows our ways. That means that even if we excuse something that is bad, so for example, right, like we might tell ourselves, no, we, we need this, you know, fill in the blank, whatever, whatever is the thing that you go to, right? Well, you know, we know that that's, that's sometimes going to lead us to sin. That's going to lead us to do something that God doesn't like. Well, God knows that we chose to do bad. You see, even, though if, if, even if we choose to cover something you know, whatever uh, action with, like, a good intention. God knows your heart. God knows our heart. And our conscience will tell us whether we have wronged Him. And, and see, like, God uses our conscience to tell us to, hey, um, you, you did something that is not, that it, I don't like that. It's, I'm, I'm a very holy God. So, knowing that God is literally watching us should lead, should lead us to fear Him. And it's something that I really learned when I first became a Christian. And is is this term saying that says in the Bible the fear of the Lord? You see, um, yesterday I spent some time with my dad because uh, it was my birthday uh, two days ago. And as I'm getting older, I really am appreciating everything my dad has done for me. He has not been perfect, uh, but I really uh, love my dad because it's something that I learned from my dad that I can apply into my walk with with Jesus and, and God is that I fear my dad. I learn, see, I, I used to play uh, Call of Duty, but I play competitively. Like, I, I was your quick, I was like your, 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 uh, I was really good, okay? I was really good. I was super good. I was so good that I love to play until like 2, 3 in the morning sometimes. And I learn that my dad likes to be quiet at night. And I learn that if I do something, I would, I would, I would see the lights go on and the fear of my dad would, be upon me. If that, does that make sense? So, um, yeah. Uh, so, and in knowing that God is literally watching us, like, that should lead us to fear Him, remember? And we need to be okay with that. It's okay to fear God. Why? Because, like, He, he made us and He's very holy and that fear, He uses our conscience not for bad, he uses our conscience for good. You see, in Proverbs 19.23, it says this, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, 
and he that hath it shall abide satisfied, and he shall not be visited with evil. Okay, so let's break this down. Let, let me teach you some English while I'm at it, okay? This is something that I learned really quickly. You see, when we, by acknowledging that we're all before God, that is how we have a good conscience, right? Remember? Um, we should fear God because it only does us good. Do you see that word tendeth? That is to bring, that is to like bring to life. That, that's what that means. By fearing God, it brings us life. Okay, quite literally. Like he promised that we will have what we need because it says, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. So whatever your life, whatever high school, whatever media, whatever peer pressure throws at you, know that you don't need it. If you fear God and you choose to not do anything that is going to offend Him, His promise is that you will have what you need. You're going to be satisfied. Um, so that feeling of missing out or peer pressure, guys, it has no chance whenever you choose to fear God. No chance. It's gone. You're not going to miss out on anything. And at the same time, He also promises us to protect us from evil. And He shall not be visited with evil. So when you fear God... It, it only does you good. And that's something that I'm learning. When I choose to fear God, that is to say, when I choose to do something that is not going to offend Him, because I know just how big He is, just like I would fear waking my dad up, you know, while I'm screaming because somebody just killed me in Call of Duty, like it only does me good when I choose to not offend God. It only does me good. Just like the same thing with your parents. When you choose to obey your parents, and they see that obedience over and over again, well, Christmas is going to be really good to you. You know? So now that we know how to have a good conscience, we need to know why we need to have a good conscience. We need to make this practical. So the word conscious is later used in the same chapter that we started in. Remember First Timothy? That very practical book of instructions for a young man. Okay. So in First Timothy 1.19, we're going to read that. And it says, Holding faith in a good conscience which some having put away concerning faith, hath made shipwreck. Okay, guys, so the end of the chapter, Paul ends with giving Timothy another charge. And he tells him, fight a good war, like, fight a good fight. Like, he's saying, like, hey, like, you got, you got this. And this is how he chooses to end this chapter. You see, Paul is ending the first cha- uh, this first chapter with, uh, in Timothy, giving him the responsibility of keeping the faith. That is to say, everything that you guys are learning here, from me, from Jeff, from anybody that is able to teach you the things of God, like that is your responsibility to hold on to those things, to keep them, right? Just like to keep your GPA at high school. Keep that thing. I mean it. <laughs> um, and that is to say, like the things that we learn from having a relationship with God by following Jesus, those things, are, we need to hold on to them. Now, again, remember, I'm going to teach you a little bit of English, and this is how I've learned to, to, learn, to study the Bible. Do you see that semicolon? This thing right here? I had no idea what that was when I first started to read the, to read the, the Bible. I'm like, what does that even mean? Okay, I learned that that is used to contrast two things. Okay, what does contrast even mean? Okay, that is to say, that is to compare two things. That is to say, Andy likes chick flicks, Teresa doesn't. Like, does, do you see that comparison? Like, there's two things that are completely different. Okay? So, in this case, it's being compared to the negative effect of pushing away faith. That is to say, having put away, you're, you're pushing it aside. They don't, these people don't want to do anything with the faith that they, they, they were once taught. 
So when we push aside the faith, uh, when we push aside the fact that God is always with us, you know, like that, that, the how we can have a good conscience, um, we push our conscience. We're, su- we're suppressing it. That is to say, no, 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 I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to that side of, of me that is telling me that I've done something bad against God. And you keep pushing it, you keep pushing it. And the byproduct that is the result of that is that we make our life a mess, a shipwreck. So you think about it, right? English, shipwreck. When you get into a wreck, just imagine a ship getting into a wreck. Okay? So if you go to the next slide, uh, I think it should be about a boat. Okay. So this is the Costa Con- uh, Concordia, which is a boat a few years earlier. This is a cruise in, in the Mediterranean. This, doesn't that look pretty? Like, I, I want to travel, and it looks very pretty. So just imagine this is your life. This is you're, you're, you're being a Christian. You're saved. You're, you're living how God wants you to live. You look beautiful. And now if you go to the next slide, when you push your conscience, this is the Costa Concordia. It actually tipped over because of a mistake. I think it was through the captain. Does it, let me ask you this question. Does it look like it should be? It, it looks ugly, doesn't it? It looks beaten up. It looks very, very sad. So that is like the, like I, I really, that really stood out to me. It's like when, when you choose to push away God's nudging like of our hearts with conscience, like he will respect that decision. And, you know, he, because we are choosing to not live a life that, that pleases him, right? So, if you go to the next slide, in First Timothy 4.2, this is another use of conscience, and it's still in First Timothy. So this word is very important, because it says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience here with a hot iron. You see, people were, like, not, they're not choosing to, like, listen to, to like, to God, so they said no, and God actually, like, their conscience is seared. So why do we need to have a good conscience? If we go to the next slide, is because having a prolonged bad conscience leads us to have a hard heart. And I don't know about you, but that is my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Ever since I became a Christian, I learned that if I choose not to obey God and not to listen to my conscience that leads me to be right with God, we, like, are actually making God not able to work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And I really don't want that for me. Like, I don't want that for you either. See, God is so patient. He's so loving. But at the same time, He respects you. He, re- he respects your free will. If you want to live a life that pleases Him, man, do so. But if you choose not to, this is why we need to have a good conscience. Because if we choose not to do that, we have a hard heart. And, and that just sounds bad. And, that's, and we don't, it, we're going to get into trouble. So, if you walk away with anything today, I mean it. If, if, if you haven't learned anything, like, please remember at least this, right? It's better to know that you're right with God despite an awkward situation, even if you have to say, to, say no to something that other people or your flesh wants. Your flesh means your body, that, that thing that, that says, oh man, it just makes sense for me to do this. It's better to be right with God. I've learned that. Trust me, I've made a lot of mistakes. It's better to be right with God than... than than to have something that is just going to make, again, your life a shipwreck. To change the way that your life should look like. Um, so, in First Peter, I love this verse. It says, uh, For this is thankworthy, if a man, for conscience towards God, endureth grief, 
suffering wrongfully. So let's break this down as we end. See, what, what the Bible is saying is that it, it's, it's, some, it's so much better for you to, because you want to have a good conscience with God, to endure something that is sad for a, for a second. Like, God is, is it, like, it pleases Him. That is super good. God, God puts that, like, way, like, in, in the, like, as a really good thing to do. So as we end up, like, my question to all of us is, do you have a good conscience? Like, is there something that God is, like, you know, nudging at you because you're doing something that you shouldn't be looking at or doing, or acting the way that you shouldn't be acting? You know, like, can you inspect your life? I wish I would have heard that when I was your age. I wish I would have heard somebody telling me that, like, that, that, those feelings I had in my mind, um, that that it was good to hear and that it was not good to suppress, that is to, like, to, to shove aside. And, and most importantly, have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Like if, you know, you know, if you want to join the hospitality team, that was the first ministry that I joined in Kaya. It was wonderful. Just being able to say hi to people. It, it made me want to come in. Like, but if you don't know Jesus, um, like, just think about it, right? He is just, he's only good. Like for me, he's only done me good. In the moment I asked him to forgive my sins, my life completely changed. I told you the story of my life. My life was completely different. When I, when I, when I reflect back, my interest, like the things that I wanted to do, are completely different to the things I want to do now. So if you haven't asked Jesus to forgive you, then like consider that. Like Listen to your conscience. Is it leading you to that? Um, so now that we know what it is, how to have a good conscience, and why we need to have a good conscience, like we, we need to live that out. So if you have any questions, you know, please reach out to Jeff, me, Brock, anybody here. But this is what I've learned. Um, so I hope uh, it was it was edifying to you guys. Thank you.